welcome to another episode of Toad's Tunes. My name is Toad. Today we're sitting down with Cameron Marlowe. He's from a small town in North Carolina. He was also on season 15 of The Voice. Today we talk penny slots in Vegas, sitting down and playing poker, his move to Nashville, the best chicken in Nashville, and my favorite place, The Cookout. We also touched on music, playing covers, tour managers, and what 2020 was all about for him, especially in his songwriting. Let's get to it. Let's get to know Cameron Marlowe just a little bit better on Toad's Tunes. This is something you better get through your head Cause I'm getting you up Just like I did them marble lights And I'm getting you up The same way I Welcome to another episode of Toad's Tunes Sitting today with Mr. Cameron Marlowe What's up, man? How are you? I'm good I'm hanging in there by a thread I ain't gonna lie, man We're tired, but we are, we are here and excited And you brought $161 to Vegas with you And you lost how much of that? $161. I thought I was going to be better at gambling. I'm not. I'm not a good gambler. But we only did penny slots, so. It's not so bad. But did you put it all in at one time? Or? Yeah, that's what that's what screwed me. And stayed on one machine? Stayed on No, I stayed on three machines, but all three of them told me, yeah, no. You're supposed to, like, walk and, like, look at one and just feel like it's going to call your name. I did that. It didn't work. <laughs> that's kind of weird. I mean, most people the first time, well, like, You've won here before, yeah? Yeah, I've won here before. I think that they're just getting their money back. I think that's what that is. I think that's what it is, too. They paid me once, and then I have to go back and give it back right. to them. Right, so technically you're still up. Yeah, I guess technically I am. But still, I, it doesn't feel good to just have money ripped from your pocket like that. No. <laughs> I play every now and then. I'll go to the grocery store, and I'll walk in because grocery stores have little um, video poker rooms in yeah. there. So I'll buy groceries, and I'll pull out a 20, and I'll go put it in there. And nine times out of ten, I don't... Well, shit, 99 out of 100, I don't win. <laughs> and two Christmases ago, I walked in there um, about two days before Christmas and hit a royal for 1000 bucks. Damn. And everybody in the grocery store knew I won because I went. <laughs> Were you that loud? I was that loud. <laughs> because, I mean, I've been gambling here a long time. The, be- the best thing I'd ever hit was a straight flush. Mm-hmm. And that only paid 250 credits, which is nothing. Yeah. So, yeah, hitting a royal is kind of a big deal, I think. Dang, man. That's pretty badass. Yeah, I can't say I've ever hit a royal on video poker before. No, I mean, my girl's like, uh, um, that's all she wants to do. She's never hit one. Her dad is probably one of the luckiest dudes ever, though. That guy wins all the time. Man, yeah, I can't say I do that much. I'm, I'm wondering if he just doesn't tell us when he loses. But it seems like more often than not, he's telling us that he wins. See, I like regular poker. I like to sit down and like feel like I have control over it. And even even though I know that I don't have control over it. But I feel like if I have cards in my hand, I feel like there's a little bit more chance for I, me to win. I think you do kind of have control over it because you could bully somebody at a poker table. Yeah, you can buff them out. Yeah. But, I mean, if they get scared. But when you're in Vegas, I mean, they kind of look at you like, who are you kind of thing. <laughs> there's a place um, called the Silverton that that's off of Blue Diamond and Las Vegas Boulevard. And okay. it's kind of like a truck stop place. It's a nice place. They have mm-hmm. the um, Bass Pro Shop is in there and all oh, that. Nice. They used to have a poker room in there. And I ran into a girl that I used to go to high school with, and she told me that she played there all the time. So I met her up there one night and bought in for 100 bucks. walked out with 400 bucks, and I was only there like 45 minutes. Oh, that ain't bad. So we would go there on a regular, like, Friday nights, yeah. 10.30. The truck drivers are half asleep. They're drunk because <laughs> all they did was walk across the street to go in there, and they would hold their cards like this. So I mean, ah, so you had an open call on it. If you're gonna show them, I'm gonna. I mean, yeah, yeah. If you're gonna show them, I'm gonna look. <laughs> rent was due. That was my attitude. Rent was due. Dude, let's talk about Nashville. When when did you finally move to Nashville? Um, about three and a half years ago. No. What was like the driver that got you to Nashville? 
Uh, just wanted to write songs, man. I didn't know anything about the business or anything like that. I just loved music and loved songs. And uh, I knew that if I didn't go to Nashville, I wasn't going to keep writing songs. Like, I wasn't going to keep writing songs to, I guess, a professional level, if that makes sense. Like, I wanted to take my writing to the next level, and I wanted to grow on that. And I didn't think that I could do that back in Carolina without being in Nashville. So did you have a publishing deal before you went to Nashville? No, no. I, I came on a damn whim and a hope. <laughs> How did, did you go with friends? Did you go by yourself? Did you? I, well, so it's a funny story, actually. Um, I went to a bar one time and met up one of, with one of my buddies that I had just randomly met in Where? Nashville. In, in, in Nashville? In Nashville, okay. yeah. So I was going to Nashville, met up with my buddy, uh, Dustin, and uh, he had two friends of his that were there. And we just kind of hit it off and just hanging out and everything. And they're like, man, we're buying a house or renting a house. And I was like, well, hell, that sounds great, man. And he was like, would you like in? Uh, Matt, the one of the guys that was in getting the house. And I was like, yeah, man, that, that sounds like a great idea. But I didn't think anything of it. I was like, there's no way we're actually going to do this. We're all just drunk at, damn at losers. Bar, right? Yeah, we're <laughs> drunk at losers right now. So uh, I get a call next week, and I'm in New York. And he's like, hey, man, we got the house. Uh, rent's due. So uh, if you can go ahead and send that. And I was like, well, damn, I did not plan on this. I, did, I had like maybe 200 bucks to my name. Right. And uh, I had come up with 1600 bucks. So while I'm out there, I'm like, hey, I'm playing this show. And I'm like, can y'all just advance me like for the show? And then I'll obviously play them. And they ended up advancing me the money. I took it straight to the ATM, put it in my bank account, and uh, paid the rent, rent and then drove back and had $0 to my name just about <laughs> by the time I got back. But uh, – Ever since then, man, I've I've just been all into Nashville and all for it. What did you do, like, for a job when you first got to Nashville? Because you don't just live off the land. I played shows, man. That's I it. Played so you... anywhere and everywhere they would take me. If they would have played for me, or if they would have paid for me to play in a food line, I'd have played in the food line. Did you play on Broadway? Yeah, you did. Oh yeah, I played just about everywhere. So, do you still play on Broadway? Mm-mm. Not at all. So, what was the change from? Because I know some people that I I guess what what I'm going. At. There's people down there that play down there. They make they can make a good living. Yeah. But that's a tough job. Yeah. I mean, that's a tough job. How do you, how do you make that change from at what point do you go, this money's good. I'm paying my rent. I'm writing. I'm, and then all of a sudden you change over to, I'm not playing down here anymore. Uh, I don't want this to sound like I'm discrediting Broadway because, or any reason like that. But um, there's a difference between being a cover band artist versus going and actually writing your songs and really going for it and really wanting to be a musician. It's true. And uh, some people like the, play cover bands and sure. play cover songs and do that and make the money and live that lifestyle. Me, I'd rather write my songs and go out and try and build a fan base off of it. So ironic that you say that. We've had some artists that have come through here and they, they've played other venues on the West Coast and the other venues on the West Coast. Unless they're at a radio level with a number one or two number ones, you're playing covers. That's what you're coming out here to do. And, that's, sure. what, and that's what they like. Then they would come through here and their first time through, they would play 80% covers. And I'd be like, bro, I'm I'm a nightclub where they dance. I have a DJ that's going to play all this. So you got to stop doing that, yeah. or we're not going to book you anymore because that's our attitude. I, and so there's been a couple artists that have come through here, and they've been like, dude, thank you. You've changed the way we think about stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I, I can play Zach Brown Band. Like, yeah, I can play. The, yeah, they've already put those songs out. They already yeah. have, and everybody knows them. So the idea is for us and our platform here is between the radio station stuff we do on C- Country F Radio to no. you coming up on the stage here is introducing you to new stuff. Period. End of story. And that's what I would rather them hear. You played a lot of new stuff last night, a lot of stuff that people didn't know. And the response was, I think, was pretty awesome. Yeah, man. It's good to see that. And we do sprinkle in some covers, but that's more for just uh, just for added fun. We we, Yeah, we look at it as more of like 
a, like a, not a crutch, but like a uh, kind of just like a little help. Like it's just it's like a, one of those things where like oh they can connect with that song real it's quick. It's a comfort zone for the fan base. Exactly, think, yeah. and then you then you go back and you yeah. let them hear what you're really working on, and then they usually eat that up. So it's. I like the flip to that because if you do 80% originals and 20% covers, it's a win, I think. For sure. I mean, and that's kind of the attitude. That's how I'm going to find out about your new music and you get to talk about your new music. And sp- speaking of that, talking on a stage like this, doing the acoustic stuff, way different. I would normally be like, dude, don't talk. Just play <laughs> your music. But the fact that it's an acoustic thing and this is what this, they can't do anything, you can't dance. They're yeah. just like there to sit and watch. It's like the best thing in the world. Yeah, man, we just get to go out there. We have fun. Me and Jake, my guitar player, we just banter a little bit. We have fun. We tell stories. Right. And uh, just try and connect with them on a personal level versus having all the lights and the smoke and everything on a full band show where you can't really connect with them as personally as you can with an acoustic guitar. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I was reading something online today. Someone had a post up there, and they were talking about they came last night. They're coming again tonight. And they were like, I cannot wait to go to Country Fan Fest and see Cameron full band. And I was this close to writing something. But congrats on that. That's a good segue to you. You were scheduled to play something out here on the, the West Coast festival stuff, but you got picked up on a pretty big tour. Yes, I did. And that day that did did your manager tell you did it come directly from somewhere else that you were getting picked up and going to do that i'd like to know how that happened and like the first feeling that you had about it so it's actually a really funny story so uh we're in a meeting and we're like next door to like the main office of uh the my management company and we're sitting there talking and we're like we got to get a tour manager because i'd been taking caitlin which is my manager out on the road and she, she works her ass off already and then we added another layer to that where she's just busting her ass over the top and i'm like listen you can't like i love that you have the drive to do it but you can't keep pushing yourself to the limits or you're going to burn yourself out right so i was like we have to hire a tour manager and uh about that time that comes out of my mouth uh my other manager rob he walks in he's like we just secured a tour and i was like no shit well i guess we're getting (laughs) i guess we're getting a tour manager now so uh we got a tour manager, and we kind of celebrated, and uh, it wasn't confirmed then, and then she called me a couple of days later to have it confirmed, and I was just riding around in the truck, and it, it just let it sink in for a while, and just played this artist's music, and uh, just kind of went down memory lane with it, and I'm just blessed and honored to be able, be able to be a part of this uh, tour. That's And who are you going out on the road with? I'm going out with Brad Paisley. That's pretty freaking dope. Like, that's huge. Yeah, man, I'm, I'm stoked for it. Is... is Who's like one of the artists that you look up to the most that's made it in country music? One of the artists that I look up to like the most. Someone as growing up in a sense that you were like, dude, if I'm going to do this, I like maybe want to get to their level or I like the stuff that they do or how they become an artist that way. Because like, yeah. I look at Garth Brooks in a sense of I like him. I saw him years and years and years ago. My favorite thing about him today is he comes back and he plays small places like this. Oh, for sure. Not that he's booked here or anything like that, yeah. but he gets the ability to come back because he can. Is there an artist that, like, their footsteps you'd love to follow in? Yeah, man. I think that uh, that changes with the years. Uh, I think as, like, uh, me growing up, I think Brooks and Dunn, uh-huh. and I want to say uh, George Strait, obviously. And Who's that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then, like, you get up to, like, nowadays and just watching other artists that are up and doing things. I look at Luke Combs. I mean, he's built this massive fan base, Morgan Wallen. Yeah. And then you have, like, all these other just incredible artists that are just really stepping up and building their fan base from the ground up. And that's how I want to be, man. I want to I wanna get out in the trenches and play these shows and be able to meet people one-on-one. I love doing meet and greets and really getting to just connect with the people one-on-one. That's what I, I live to do. Yeah. What about female artists? 
Do you do you have some artists that that you enjoy to listen to, like as as a fan? Yes, uh, Lainey Wilson is absolutely killing. That girl it. cannot sing. <laughs> <laughs> and then another girl that just cannot sing, Ashlyn Craft. Yeah, she's. Oh my gosh, man, she's got one of the best vocals I've ever heard in my life, man. She is. Uh, she's incredible. And I look up to her as a as an artist for sure. She's awesome. And then uh, I'd say Casey Tyndall. She's awesome. And then she's played here before, quite really a few times. Yeah, yeah. she's good and a, just a damn good songwriter. Yeah, but, good uh, people too. Yeah, good people, man. Twenty 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 obviously was. I'm just gonna say it was shit for most people. Oh, shit show, man. Total. Yeah, I don't even think you throw a show in that because there's not much show in there. It's yeah. just straight shit. <laughs> yeah, but that's um, true. What's the one thing that you look at twenty twenty four that that you hold close to your heart, something that changed you as a as an artist, as a person, just because you had the opportunity to really sit back and reflect on what the hell was really going on in life. Yeah, um, I think that really developed my songwriting. Uh, I didn't get to go out and play any shows. I, I was at home uh, taking meetings and trying to figure out like what the hell the next step was because we were like, oh, we're freaking screwed. Right. We weren't doing anything. And I was like, you know what, I can take that with a grain of salt. And uh, a lot of people took a lot of time off, but... Uh, I was like, I'm going to write, and I'm going to write with anybody and everybody that wants to write with me. That's did, you when do I, it, did you do Zooms? <laughs> for like a week, and I was done with that shit. <laughs> I couldn't do that shit, man. I tried, and uh, I just, I got one good song out of it that I'm going to be putting out um, called Steady Heart. But other than that, man, no, no other good songs came from Sam. You played that last night, and I think you dedicated that to the girl that you hadn't met yet. Am I wrong, or am I right? Uh, you're right. Yeah. yeah. Hadn't what, met her yet. How did, how did that song just come about? Who, who did you write it with? And I wrote it with Dan Isabel and Jesse Alexander, and uh, we just sat down, and uh, I had this idea of stubborn mind. So that was like the idea that really was in thing. And I was like, I just really have a stubborn mind on my thought process. Like, I don't really like to change when I get my mindset on something. You a Taurus? Am I what? I said, are you a Taurus? A Taurus? Taurus, so yeah. Like, What do you mean? <laughs> like, I thought you said a terrorist. I was like, no, I don't think so. <laughs> Dude, I fucking hope not. <laughs> run, everybody run. No, I said a Taurus because that's what they're known for is being stubborn. Oh, like gosh. your birthday thing, that's all. Oh, no, I'm a Gemini. Yeah. That's so, pretty close though, isn't it? I have no idea. When's your I, birthday? June the 11th. Yeah. Because it's, that's, okay, anyway, go ahead. So so I was sitting there, like, we were trying to write Stubborn Mind, and uh, it just wasn't clicking. And uh, I came to this thing, and and, uh, Jesse, I think, said, hey, you know what really goes well with the Stubborn Mind is a steady heart. And that changed our whole perspective on it. And we started writing this song, just basically playing the yin and the yang of of the two people that are in the song like i'm a glass or she's a glass of wine on the back porch and i'm a bourbon in a bar kind of thing and playing it back and forth where you see the side of him and you see the side of her and really just trying to connect those two people together in a song and that's uh, pretty cool yeah man it was a it was a fun song to write what's your favorite song that you've written so far or been a part of the writing of uh I guess by default, man, I have to say giving you up but just because that's the one that got me my start that's the one that uh it came from the heart and uh and soul man uh, it's a complete true story so when i wrote that song it was just uh it kind of fell out of me and it's what started my career it's crazy yeah i'm trying to think of um who i was just talking to about people going through rough stuff and then not taking advantage of of it in in a sense of as a writer being instead of just like st- stepping out of their box i got to think about who that was um but that's kind of what it was is that they were so heartbroken they couldn't write and i'm like dude that's like like that's gold in yep. a sense, because you're not the only one that's been through that. They're not the only one. Everyone goes through it. So as bad as it is to say that, man, uh, 
heartache and hardship, man. It, it builds great songs. Well, I mean, <laughs> it's, it's terrible, but that's the time to pick up a pen and paper, man. It is in that sense because it's not like um, you're writing something that isn't real, number one. Um, two, people can relate to it, and I think Absolutely. that's what one of the greatest things is are one of the greatest things are is about a good songwriter is they write relatable music because for sure i try and teach other stuff i'm a little bit older than her but um i try and teach her about old music and how it's relevant and was back then and still is today you yeah. look at stuff by the eagles that and that's what i think that's some country music is that way and some isn't but mm. i think when you start to write relatable music it definitely has to be yeah and it stands you, the test of time dude and you can listen to it in 10 years and still go oh yeah i remember when i was feeling that way yeah that sort of thing absolutely you were on the voice i was how did that start like how do you I, i'm still kind of confused on what do you just go and try out for it to someone <laughs> it's actually really funny man i was uh I was basically just putting covers on Instagram, and they reached out to me and somehow found my number, which is kind of creepy in a sense. But they found my number. I got a phone call while at work, and they were like, hey, this is so-and-so from uh, McNulty Casting or whatever uh, the production company was. And I was like, hey, how are y'all? And uh, they were like, would you be interested in being on season 15 of The Voice? And I was like, I mean, sure. But uh, I honestly thought it was a prank call or something. Sure. I, You're like, Jimmy, stop. Yeah, yeah, basically. <laughs> And, Actually, uh, it'd be Jake, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would be Jake. <laughs> uh, but I got an email back, and they kind of like went back and forth. I was like, "Well, damn, this is real." So I started filling out all this information and stuff like that, and then ended up flying out to L.A. and doing the whole thing. And they pay for you to do all that to oh, get yeah. you out there and everything. Yeah, they pay for everything. Make it really easy on you. You right. get paid while you're out there, and you get a like what is it called per diem right. for your days and everything. So they they make it easy on you to be able to like get up and do the show, but I wouldn't trade it for nothing, man. I mean, that's that's where I really found that I love songwriting, I feel like. Because I really met all these people that were songwriters out there. And I did I wasn't songwriting with other people. Right. And they were like, we're yourself? Yeah. And they were like doing days out there where they were co writing. And I didn't know what co writing was at that point. So they were doing that while they were there, like they would meet somebody and, and instead of getting ready for their their next performance, they were like writing with people. Well, we or? had so much downtime. They would just write randomly, man. And really? uh, I never did any of that out there. <laughs> and I kinda wish I would have. But uh, I think that's what was one of the driving forces to get me to Nashville. I was like, I want to learn that side. I want to learn to write. I want to learn to really dig in and like understand the music more sure. as a artist than, than just a singer. Do you have like a core of people that, that you just write with on a regular basis, or do you still bounce around a lot and just try new people and new things? I still try some people every once in a while, but uh, right now I have, a, I have a core that I write with at least – God. I mean, I'll try and write with those people three or four times out of the month. Nice. And uh, I don't really fill my calendar up too much anymore because I don't want to drain myself as, with writing and then uh, playing shows as well now. So I just kind of I try and keep the balance, if that makes sense. That's good. Moving to Nashville, um, people tell you, like, the, the best places to eat. Did they, did they tell you that you had to go to Hattie B's and all that <laughs> kind of stuff? They definitely told me I had to go to Hattie B's. And uh, I have to say, I like Prince's better. Right. I, I don't, I, that's terrible. I know everybody loves Hattie B's, but Prince's is the, that's the place. So we, we obviously, we go there about 12 times a year, uh, pre-COVID. We were there a lot. Just We'd go see bands out there and find yeah, out yeah. like new artists and just hang out with the booking people and just really have a good time out there. And I'm going to agree with you a thousand percent. I don't eat a lot of hot chicken. It's just not my thing. I don't But either. I had Hattie B's, and then someone told us we had to go to Prince's. I was on my way out to Tim Montana's house. Okay. And I call him. And I'm like, bro, do you want anything? He didn't answer his phone. Sends me a text back. He goes, I'm recording something. Get me this. So I'm like, cool. Five minutes later, sends me another thing. Get my wife this. I'm like, cool. We go there. We eat. 
We go to leave. We, we got their food. We're just getting ready to pull out the parking lot. He's like, dude, the producers want to eat, too. Can you grab this, this, and this? Oh. I'm like, geez, this is getting ridiculous. So go back into that. Just walking back out to the car again. My kid wants a kid's meal, too. I'm like, dude, you're <laughs> killing me. But Prince's was far from where we were, but yeah. so freaking good. Oh, it's so worth it, man. Yeah. It's such a good place. And the line is not as bad as Hattie B's. No, it's not. It's, a, it's almost like a hidden gem, almost. It's like where the locals go. You got, like, the Hattie B's, which is, like, the... The tourist, and then right, yeah. The princess is like the OG spot. And there's that burger place right across from the Hutton, right next to that Hattie B's. What's that called? I'm um, not sure. It's not a Shake Shack. It's called um, it's Trouble. That place is Trouble because I don't you know leave which winners. One it is. Um, do you know what I'm talking about? You don't know which one. I'm no. gonna lo- look it up. We'll talk. But winners and losers, and then you either do the dirt dog thing or whatever. That guy. Oh, you're talking about Slaughterhouse? No, oh. that's not. No, Daddy Dogs. Daddy's Dogs. Gotta yeah. love Daddy's Dogs. Dude, that place is so good, but you can only eat it so many times. So we would start going <sighs> to the burger place right across from the Hutton. Cause that's, huh? Yes. The cookout. cookout? Yes. That's not a burger spot. That's a fast food chain. What are you yeah, talking I was expecting this gourmet burger. Oh, I said burger <laughs> So cookout, spot. dude, I grew up on cookout, man. I love cookout so much. That's what we have in Carolina all it's over so the place. It's so cheap. Oh, it's so cheap. It's five forty nine for all the food that you could even think of eating. It is the best. No, yeah, you get me fired up talking about cookout. Dude, so, and they're like, it's right next to the Hattie Bee. So it's so funny that we would we would go watch all the band stuff, and then we'd walk back over to the hotel, and we would be good. And be like, dude, we're not going to eat that shit tonight. And then you're like looking out the window going, damn it. Walk. But have you tried their milkshakes? Yes. Okay, yeah. I mean, milkshake. that's what makes it. <laughs> the cheeseburgers are good. The onion rings are good. The little corn dog things are good. I'm just oh. like, if I if I lived there, I'd be I'd be <laughs> as big as this table. I would be huge. Just... What's your favorite place to eat in Nashville? Like, what's your comfort place there? Ooh, comfort place? <laughs> There's just a little restaurant back over near uh, the Opryland Hotel, and it's called the Caney Fork. And it's the only place I can go and get frog legs. I can go get alligator tail. I can get all this random stuff, man, and it's great. They have, like, bison burgers and right. everything, just, like, really wild gamey food, and I love that kind of stuff. Man. Is it, like, by the Nashville Palace and all that? Yeah, it's yeah. right next to Nashville Palace. Wow. Okay. That's a little different. I had my first experience at Waffle House, that one that right there by the Opryland too. You, that was your first experience yeah. at Waffle House? Yeah, yeah. It was on New Year's Eve. So if you ask Wait, me, you'd never been to a Waffle House mm-hmm. before? Though. They're not out here. Really? No, oh, I didn't know that. It's like In-N-Out Burger. You don't have that back there. No, we don't have that. Yeah. Dang, I, I thought Waffle House was everywhere. It's just <laughs> I, There's like six of them when I go to my house, so I just expect them to be everywhere. We went, it was probably like 1.30 in the morning, um, and we were going back to Opryland because that's where we were staying, and it was, dude, the experience. Our waitress asked us if we want to go to the car and smoke a joint with her. Yep, I mean, that and usually happens. And uh, yeah. <laughs> that, they are very, very interesting people, but uh, the camaraderie is impeccable and then the food is even better on top of that i think you have to be a little crazy to work at three o'clock in the morning and serve all these drunk people i wouldn't do it hash browns no i don't think i could eat it so like i won't eat at denny's and i'm like oh i won't eat at denny's i'm just like i'm gonna try waffle house just so i can say i did it and what better night to do it new year's eve so yeah yeah we we did it and i had um yeah thought process what what did you go through what did you eat um eggs bacon um i think we tried the pancakes and definitely you had pancakes at waffle house I think so. I don't eat waffles. I didn't have the pancakes. Oh, man. So, what did you think, at least? It was good. Okay. I would eat it way before I ate even IHOP or anything like that. Oh, yeah, Because it, I mean, it's, it's, it's. It's terrible for you, but it's so good. But, dude, you can get high with a waitress. (laughs) You pay, the less that you pay, 
the better the camaraderie is. <laughs> so, okay, I think that's what we've come to to uh, the conclusion of here is that if you eat a cookout or Waffle House, you're going to save money and you're going to eat really, really good food with weird people. <laughs> but you're going to have a damn good time doing it. <laughs> yeah. I think the, the cookout, one of the last few times we were there, they had an armed security guard there. Oh, shit. Yeah. At the cookout? At the cookout. There's a security guard there with a gun. And it's damn. There was a lot of people garden them hamburgers in man. the middle of the night. A lot of well, a lot of people in there, and a lot of young because it's by the the university kind of that's over there. Oh so, yeah, yeah, Vandy. Yeah, Dang. so there's just people coming in and out of there, getting their milkshakes, and yeah, it was wow. Yeah, I can't wait to go back. You know, it's like one of those things. You <laughs> well, at least you know you're safe there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not quite sure I would trust that guy with a gun, but whatever. Yeah, he looked like something from a cartoon, but whatever. <laughs> Um, Virago, do you eat there? Uh, yes. That is one of my favorite sushi places ever. Is that, to you, is that the best place to eat sushi in Nashville? It's the best place that I've tried. Yeah. I won't say that it's the best sushi in Nashville, but I have only tried a couple. Right. Um, I think there's a place called Oku, and I've tried it, and it was really good. But Virago, I, it's got the atmosphere, man. Because you walk back in this, like, hidden door. You can't even really see it, and it's right. got this little red light. And then you open the door and it like turns into this full on nightclub almost, and you're like, oh damn, this is. They just changed too. I mean, one of the last times we were there, they said that it moved, and we're like, oh shit, where'd it move to? And they're like, oh right next. Oh door. yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, Wait, it's only back twenty more feet. Yeah. yeah, and the room is way different than it was. Like, wow, well, yeah. I just it makes you feel really important when you're in there. And like every time I walk in there, I'm like, oh yeah, I'm cool. And then yeah, <laughs> and then there's somebody way cooler in there <laughs> than me every time. I've seen a lot. Of, I go there with. Chris Bandy when I when yeah, I go yeah. to town he's one of the guys that I always meet there he's he's super cool dude and we like to eat there and it's kind of funny that we'll go in there and I'm like yeah, I'm sitting here with Chris Bandy it's kind of cool and then all of a sudden you see some people that are like you said oh yeah yeah and it's just kind of like everyone hangs out there yeah. it's like the thing to do have you had bourbon steak yet no where's oh, that oh it's at the top of the Marriott new? that I don't know how new it is it's been there ever since I've been there yeah but uh dude Probably Marriott one of the, downtown? Yeah. Probably yeah. one of the best steaks I've ever had in my life. Really? Yeah. And I cook a mean steak. Like, I'm very judgmental on steaks. But What's I your favorite steak? A ribeye. Have you had a hanger? No. I don't know what that means. Go to the butcher, ask him for a hanger steak, cook it medium rare, and cut it against the grain. And then tell me if you still if your favorite steak is still a, r- a ribeye. Promise you. I'm going to follow right. up on this one. All right. And I, a hanger steak. I cut meat for seven years. Okay. I, was a, I was a butcher. Is it just very tender? Very tender. Okay. Uh, a lot of marbling. So Oh, I, I love marbling. Not fat like a ribeye. Yeah, but like just the, the marbling in there gives it so much better flavor, man. Dude, I put salt and pepper on it, throw it on my Traeger, yeah. and it's, I'm done. Dude, Medium I'm, It's crazy. I was just having a conversation about a Traeger with Jake. I was like, it is crazy how easy it is to cook these days. This electronic grill, I don't have to worry about temperature or anything. It does it all itself. I just go inside, drink a beer, come back out, flip it, and then go back inside, drink another beer. You got the app on your watch? <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. It, they make it too easy for you now. Dude, it, and it's and it's fun. Like you, um, I don't eat a lot of meatloaf, but Traeger had a recipe for meatloaf on their on their website, so I did everything that it said to do and added a little bit of my own flavor to it. Yeah. And, dude, uh, I loved it. Like, I'm like, dude, we cook on it ribs. I don't like the 3-2-1 rib method. I just... I don't know what that means. They have it on Traeger, their website. They're like, you do this for three hours, this for two hours, this for one hour. And I'm like, that's just too too much work. Yeah, that's a long time. Yeah. (laughs) I just like throw a tri-tip or a brisket on there and just let that thing sit for 16 hours and enjoy it. That's what I think that's what it's for. And you're right. Have you run out of pellets in your hopper yet? Oh, yeah. (laughs) I've done that. And then uh, trying to find pellets in Nashville is always a pain in the ass. But I finally found out that I can go right up the street and I live kind of next to this, like, uh, what is it called? It's like, 
it's like a um, a warehouse, not a warehouse. A um, damn, I can't even think right now. Uh, shit, what are they called? Hardware store. Okay, it's like, like an a hard- ace or something. Yeah, it's got, not even an ace. It's like just random hardware store, and we go up there, and they had. I was just trying to pick up like a couple odd end like right. things, and I was like, oh damn, they have pellets here. <laughs> so, so you buy them. So I buy pellets. Yeah, anytime I see them. You hunt fish, oh, yeah. hunt fish, everything, man. Do you hunt like big game turkeys? What, yep. Like what? You, everything. I, anything I can go hunt, man. I'm. I love to just be outdoors. I just smacked the turkey in Tennessee. My very first Tennessee bird. Did you eat it? Oh yeah. Yeah. Turkey nuggets in the air fryer. Really? Yeah. What the hell's a turkey nugget? It's like turkey breast. You cut them into nuggets, like Chick Fil A would do. Right. And then you take a little bit of mustard. You put them in the bag, and then take funyuns, because we're redneck around here. And uh, you crush them up real good, and then you bread them in funyuns, and then put them in the air fryer for ten minutes. Come on, you know what I'm gonna do? Like, oh, you got to try it. Yeah. You, you do. I'm not even kidding. I'm gonna do it. Oh yeah, no, it's good. And I love funyuns, so. Oh, I do too. That's, that's my favorite chip. What's your favorite thing to hunt? I'd say just deer. I love deer hunt, man. There's something about being at a deer stand and just wait. Yeah, in the time. <laughs> yeah, but the time, the time in between is what makes it for me. That's when I sit and think a lot. Sure. And uh, I get to be just in silence and just kind of clear my head. That's when I get song titles. And right. I don't know. I, just, I eat that time up. Do you take your phone with you when you go deer hunting? I do. And so if you come up with a name, do you pull your phone out and write it into your notes real quick? Immediately. Because I'll forget. <laughs> I do that in conversations, man. Somebody will say something good, and then I'll be like, hey, don't mind me. I'm just pulling my phone out, type right. down what you said, and then put it my phone back down. That's kind of interesting. Next single that you're putting out. Yes. What is it? Tequila. Tequila talking. Tequila talking. You write it? Yes. With some friends? Me and uh, Dan Isabel and Ray Fulcher. Ray Fulcher. I love that dude. I like that dude, Such too. Such a good guy. I like him a lot. He's 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 been here a couple times, and um, he's an interesting dude in, he a, is. in a great way. Like, very smart, very... Yes. Uh, I don't... His sister. Do you know her? I don't. I've never met her. But... Ray posted something about a single that everyone that bought it, he was going to take all that money and buy his sister a bike. Oh, that's cool. I don't know if you remember seeing that poster or not. I forget what song it was, but I'm going to kick myself in the head because I tell this story and totally forgot. Anyway, I went to Chris, the guy that owns Sony's. We sat down. We had this conversation about said bike that she wanted. So we went and bought it for her via Country AF Radio and Stoney's. We oh, called Ray cool. and we're like, Ray, dude, this is going to be the weirdest thing in the world. But, dude, what's your sister's address? <laughs> we're like, we're not weird, but we want to do something fun. So he gave it to us. Uh, trustworthy. Yeah, that could have been real bad, right? <laughs> so we went and bought the bike. And we put Stony stickers, Country AF Radio stickers all over it. Put it all in this thing and had it shipped to her house. Oh wow! So just kind of like super fun. But That's badass, man. I- I'm gonna go back to that song. But how is writing with Ray? Is it is he one of one of? Does he write different than other people, or does do he's people- very creative, man? Uh, his thought process is uh, one of my favorite in town. I would say he really doesn't sit around and. Like just throw out mediocre lines. When Ray says something, it's uh, it means something. Right. And I respect Ray a lot about that. His I history's mean, he's, pretty good. He's got a you know a couple with Luke, but yeah. whatever. Nobody's counting. <laughs> I mean, he he really is. He's just one of those just standalone writers in town. And I'm I'm happy. I'm happy. He just got a record deal, with, right. and he's doing his thing, man. And I'm I'm proud of him, man. Well he's deserved. An awesome guy. Yeah, absolutely well deserved. Nothing but good things to say. When you guys sit in a room, when you go and you write with like those two guys. Do you know who the song is for walking into it? Are you saying that we're writing for me right now? Or is this one of those things that you all sit down and then you go, oh, no, that would be better for Ray? Or Sometimes it happens that way. And sometimes, man, you just go in and write a song. Right. If it's just pressing on you and you got the good minds in there that want to write a song, 
you sit down and write the damn song. I mean, it, it doesn't matter who it's going to. We just want to write the song and get it out. Right. That's kind of interesting. I, I think in the beginning of all that, it's like, how do you sit in a room with three people, write a song, and like, what if you liked it, and what if I liked it? Then what, what do you do? Like, you what's both the process? It. I mean, it just... No, as far as singing it. Like, who who who, who gets to sing it? Like, I think that's what's... Yeah, then anyway, whoever was in there. I mean, uh, if you're a writer on a song, you can cut it, so... Sure. I mean, like, some people will cut a side of it, and then another artist that was in the room might cut the same song later on, but... Do you like looking through books of other people's like that have written stuff? Do you find that as one of the things that you like to do? Like listening to other catalogs and yeah. stuff? Yeah, yeah. I love outside music, man. Uh, I've cut a couple outside songs, and a lot of people might shame that or say that's not cool, but, dude, there's so many good writers in town, man. Right. And there's so many songs that are sitting in Nashville that nobody's ever going to hear Yeah. from just incredible songwriters. And uh, that doesn't make sense to me. It's People kind of, pour their hearts and souls into this music. Into this absolutely. Music. It's kind of weird when you look at a guy like Hardy that yeah. has been known for writing so much, and then he comes out and he's just a, a character. Like, yeah. He's going to go Incredible artist, man. Yes. Hey, yeah. I, I think that's the stuff that's neat. So back to the tequila. Tequila talking. Tequila talking. When does that come out? Uh, May 5th. May, oh, dude, that's right around Cinco the corner. Mile. Yeah. Well, oh, dude, perfect day to put it out. Exactly, man. Is there We're a video, strategic around here. Is there a video already done, or you guys are going to... We're going to film it here soon. Right? Yeah. And that's the Florida trip. Yes. You excited for that? I am, man. Uh, we're going to see what happens with it. I mean, we're just going to go out there, have fun, and... Uh, Do you have a vision for it? Yeah. We had a whole vision and idea for it, but we'll see if it actually happens the way that right. we look at it. We're just going to go out there and... Do some filming, man. Here's one to make you think. Your favorite process in music, is it writing, recording, playing? Oh, uh, ooh, that's tough. I love to write, uh, but I think the actual being in studio and having my hands into putting s that song that I wrote together with a band and uh, picking the parts and dissecting that whole thing, I think that's my favorite part. Right. Yeah. Ah, uh, that's kind of tough. I mean, you would think that you get to put that out there. You do you enjoy the experience of getting out in front of people with the finished product? As oh, absolutely! Well? I love that. But recording is your favorite. Do you actually go in and produce as well? Uh, I'm not a producer for se, like but I ear, know what you, my ear is. Yeah. Right. I know what I want to hear, so I'm I'm very vocal with my producers. But I won't say that I'm turning knobs or anything like that. I'll leave right. that to those guys. I guess I meant in that sense. Do you go in and actually play that part of? I think this would sound better here. Yeah. 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 Because it's your song. Yeah. I guess you're allowed to do that. Are you a fan of singles, or do you do you look forward to putting out a complete album? Um, I think there's room for both in this time. And uh, I think the way that music is changing right now, I see a lot of things being done single-driven, uh, especially in the pop world and things like that. But also you have other artists that are putting out double albums and triple albums. <laughs> so there's no wrong way to put music out. As long as you're putting music out, I don't think you can lose at this point. I think people are just hungry for music. It's probably the truth. I, I, I think out. it just needs to be rapidly. If you're doing singles, it needs to be one after the other. Right, you can't sit on them. You can't sit on them. Right. And then, do you like vinyl? I love vinyl. So do you plan on putting your stuff together at some point and putting on a piece of vinyl? I want to, but man, they're back-ordered right now. Yeah, <laughs> we can't get them to do it. That's true. So we're, we're going to have some done uh, for the last EP, but we're just waiting on them to be able to have time to do it. What songs are on the last e EP? So that one started out with Burn Em All, Sober as a Drunk, Leaving to Me, Tequila, oh, sorry, not Tequila Talking. Uh, I've got so many songs in my head. Um, Hungover. And I'm missing one. Um, that one is going there today. And giving you up was way before all that. No, and giving you up is on there, but it was just included as. Dude, that in comes out on vinyl. That people collect like crazy now. Absolutely, it's so weird how it all goes full full circle. 
when I travel, one of my favorite things to do is if I go to a new city, one of the first things I do is look for a record place. Do you? Yeah, absolutely. That's I go cool. in there and try and find stuff. I'm an 80s kid, so I look for the old, the cult, like yeah. weird, scritty politty stuff, stuff that most people have no idea what it is. But when you walk into a place like that, and most places in different cities, they have them because nobody listens to that crap. But It sucks, man, because my grandma had so many cool old vinyls, and I didn't know what they were. I mean, when I was younger and everything like right. that, and then... I guess she just up and got rid of them one day. And I was like, "That's my." Collection. I think about it now. Yeah, I think about it now, and I'm like, damn, I can't even imagine what she had on vinyl in there because she's had it forever. Right. So, I, yeah, every time I think about that, I, I would love to go back and look through and know what she had in there that she let go of, but it's probably better that I don't know. Probably because you'd probably be kicking yourself. Yeah. I picked up some stuff from my mom. Um, Chris's sister passed away not too long ago, and she put aside, um, as she knew she was getting sick, she put aside a, um, a bushel of vinyl because she knew that I loved it. Gotcha. And uh, I got some cool stuff out of there. Like that's some, awesome. Some stuff I had. I got some old Fleetwood Mac and all that kind oh, of stuff, really which cool. is, I, I could listen to rumors all day long yeah. and never get sick of it. What an album. Dude, what, dude, what a group of people. Yeah. Talk about problems in a, in a band. Jeez. <laughs> but, yeah, man, that's awesome. So Brad Paisley's coming up. Other than that tour, what are your goals for 21? Man, uh, I want to do that tour. Um, I want to survive 2021 because <laughs> who knows what's happening this year. <laughs> no, but um, after that, man, I want to headline some shows and get back out and uh, do it myself uh, in the clubs and just really connect one-on-one with uh, my fans and not not that I don't want to be associated with the tour. I am very blessed and very excited, but uh, sure. I definitely want to go back and uh, hit the same markets by myself and see if we can sell more tickets yeah. and uh, see if we can – have more people in the building and just keep building the fan base from the ground up. I'd like to have you out here full band. I think that oh, would I'd be love to. super fun. We have a lot of changes of stuff that's going on out here too. So I think I might've joked about it saying you probably will never play here again, but let's hope that that's the case <laughs> by physical location. And that's about it. I mean, I'd love to have that full band, bigger room, better environment oh, yeah. a lot more people than we'll even playing we're for. wild though man i ain't gonna lie we, I I do, mean, you met jake he's he's <laughs> you know you know now but how's his baby almost uh, still is she fine i don't think he's i don't know what happened with it fully but at least she she's not uh having it right now so, right, so he, he's and he flies home tomorrow he flies well. home tomorrow and then hopefully she can hold off for like another 48 hours and then he can get settled back and then get to the hospital doesn't does he go back on the road with you and you guys go out next week too is he part of the video and like your uh, shows and all that he is dude, but i don't that lady get her shit I, together. <laughs> dude i don't know what's gonna happen we're gonna be in like florida and he's gonna have to fly back i don't that's yeah, a lot closer a, than vegas it is very a lot yeah a whole lot closer well sweet dude i'm gonna let you go so you can loaf before your show because i'm right, cool man. like that Tell people how to find you online. All right. You can find me on Instagram at Cameron Marlowe Music and Twitter at Cameron Marlowe. And uh, I don't really use that, but uh, I think that's about it. Yeah, that's about the only two I can <laughs> I can think of. I was just going to ask you if you even tweet. I haven't tweeted in since I was like a middle schooler, so I'd hate to go back and see what I've tweeted. You should. Dude, you probably write some songs. I'd probably hate it if I saw it. <laughs> I'd probably laugh so hard. I believe the only people that tweet are politicians anymore in the news. Uh, yeah. I yeah. think it's all a mess. Yeah, stupid. Thanks for the time, man. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Thank you, man. From Marlboro Ridge to my jacket pocket, slung over the shotgun seat in my truck, just waiting on the right time. State of mind and hell, I found tonight we're gonna burn them all. Got a time car saying fifty hours run. All my buddies at the bar, so come on down. 
There's a couple brand new 20s in a wild bulls I got.